0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When
1: you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got.
0: Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go. Raiders on
1: three. One, two, three. Let's go get there.
0: We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire.
2: What is up, Raider Nation? Rolling into episode 49, hot. We have a much-anticipated Raiders game coming up this weekend in London versus the Chicago Bears. And the reason I say much-anticipated is because you know who's going to be on the other side of the ball, ex-Raider Khalil Mack. So it's going to be kind of a, a double whammy for us. We're not only trying to get the win, but we're trying to take out number 52. We're trying to have Josh Jacobs have a good game. And there's also still... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into it because we had a lot of action happen this week A lot of drama, we had a lot of roster moves, we still have some stuff to do I think there's going to be a lot of things that we tweak uh, During the bye week that's coming up right after this game So before we get into everything, I even have a special guest coming on with us later from the NFL Network But before we get into that, let's go over some of the things that happened this week Vontez, Perfect Suspended for the rest of the season after the hit last week on the tight end, Jack Doyle. Um, and you know what? Before I have anything to say about it, let's go ahead and let's hear what our the captain of our team had to say. What are your thoughts on the Burfex suspension? Was it fair and how will it affect the team this, this week? Well,
1: it'll affect us that he won't be out there, you know. Um, he's a captain. Uh, I think the hard thing, the hard thing for me to understand is we say, you know, we're all about people, but... Sometimes we don't get to know people, right? Uh, I think he's one of the most misunderstood people um, in the NFL. Uh, you know, I, don't, I didn't know anything about him except what some friends that were you know, from L.A., played high school football with him, told me. You know, uh, And when he showed up, he quickly turned into one of my favorite teammates I've ever had. He's one of the most genuine, awesome people I've ever been around. He's a great teammate. Uh, he works his tail off, and he's a great guy, to be honest with you. Um, I know that he's had history. Uh, in other places, but I think people change. Um, I don't think he was trying to hurt that man. The man was going down. you know we can you see it all the time there's flags flying everywhere, you know, but if we think about football, the guy caught it here and he's already going to hit him and he's starting to go down. obviously you're going to hit him a little higher than you expected. Um, you know we see other people choking people out and they're going to play this Sunday, and we see other people hitting people in the helmets and they're going to play this Sunday and Vontez Burfecht won't play the rest of the year. I think that's a little excessive if you ask me. I don't think it's fair um, if we really got to know the guy, um, if the people making the decisions really knew that, um, you know, the the guy that we know uh, inside our building. So uh, I'm just being as honest as I can be because that's who I am. He's a great person. Uh, His heart is broken because he's not playing football. The guy just wants to play football. We don't get a lot of time to play this game in our lives, right? Um, some of us, uh, you know, don't get a lot of years to do this. You know, I've broken many a bones. Um, I'm sure he's had plenty of injuries. Uh, so to be suspended for something like that for a whole season and puts another year on your legs, uh, you know, does a whole other – it's just there's a lot that goes into that that I guess we just throw out the window. So um, I know the history situation and all that kind of stuff. But this one, uh, especially with what went on the, during the week, uh, if we're going to be fair – Um, we need to be fair with everybody.
2: And I really couldn't have said it better myself. Derek Carr has always had a really great way of getting messages across, um, in a pretty nice, calm, polite manner. So the way I'm going to dive into this is kind of just how he ended it. If we're going to, you know, do these things, we're going to suspend these players, then it needs to be the same way across the entire league. And no way am I going to get on here and necessarily defend Vontez Berfick's actions. Because in some sense, you know, he went out there, he's had dirty hits. This isn't his first one. You remember the one on Antonio Brown right before the playoffs a couple years ago? This isn't his first offense. He's had multiple fines. He's had a couple suspensions already. He's already appealed a suspension just like this before. Um, But if you review just the hit by itself, that's kind of what everyone's focusing on. It's not as big as some of the ones that we've seen around the league this week. And it's not the fact that you know, he's getting suspended for the rest of the season. It's the fact that those other guys didn't even get ejected from the game. And that's where I think the, you know, the the playing field needs to be leveled whenever it comes to these kind of hits or that kind of unnecessary roughness. If we're going to eject Vontez Perfect, I don't care about his history at that point. Any player lays a hit like that, or worse than Vontez Perfect, if you're going to eject Vontez Perfect, you need to eject everyone else. Now, looking at the suspension, is that excessive? Yes. Absolutely excessive. It's almost ridiculous. Since when, for a hit, do you suspend a player 12 games? 12 freaking games. That is nuts. That's absolutely nuts. And nowhere in the rule book does it state, you know, like for instance, okay, here, here's the issue. I'll just go back to this. Whenever it comes down to like substance, substance abuse or someone smokes pot, you know by how many times that you've broken the rules or how many offenses that that person has had, you know the suspension, right? Like, first offense is one game, next offense is three games, and it's like five games. And it goes in that, or then it's like a season, right? It goes in steps, there's an order, so you know, like, okay, it's my first time, this is what I'm going to get. Now, whenever it comes to this Vontes Perfect situation, there is nothing in the rule book that shows what the next step should be. Maybe if it said, like, okay, third offense is an entire season. Then okay, then that's fine. That's what he gets. But that's as long as everybody else is getting the same treatment. There's no reason that if Burfitt got ejected and suspended, how come nobody else got ejected or suspended at least a little bit? Just a little bit. I'm not saying suspend him the whole season because their hit was worse. I'm just saying have some punishment so that we're in line just a little bit. So where I'm gonna end this Vontez Burfitt situation is he's gonna appeal it. We know he's going to appeal. It. It's going to be sometime next week. I think, I forget what they said, Monday or Tuesday. So it'll be sometime after the game. And I feel like he's going to win his appeal. I feel like he's going to win his appeal. He's going to get it reduced a little bit. And But it's not going to be what people expect. He's already had one. I think his last one, he had a five-game suspension. He had it reduced to three. I see this getting something maybe reduced to five or six games. I still don't see him playing until, like, December, or really close to December. I don't see him playing, you know, maybe until the final four to six games, at least. So that's going to be something to track next week, but that's where I sit on it. It's not going to be a full season, but it shouldn't come down to the point where we have to appeal that much. It should not be a whole season. So that's where we sit with Vontez Perfect. There's some more topics I want to hit on um, going into that, of course. That's with Whitehead now being inserted into the middle linebacker spot. We were really – that's kind of, I guess, my main concern going into the season. You guys probably heard me hit on this a couple times. And that was not just that we were a thin linebacker and had four linebackers, but because we had no backup middle linebacker. Not one. So what was going to happen? Because I get it, Vontez can get suspended, but he's also had a pretty bad like injury history. Like He's had some concussions too. He's not the most reliable player to be out there on the field, but now we're in a situation where we needed a middle linebacker. So we shifted to your Whitehead over last week, and I think he played pretty well. Um, It's not somebody that I really watch super closely. I think he plays well, and I don't want to say that it's going to be like, no loss at all not having perfect but whitehead isn't gonna like he doesn't have any different like i don't want to say struggles or he doesn't have any different weaknesses it's gonna be the same they both kind of struggle in coverage they're both great against the run but they're both great leaders they both know the playbook really well we've heard it all off season how they go back and forth perfect was really impressed with just one year under the system that whitehead was so familiar with it making calls Uh, almost with each other, in sync, able to communicate and really get the defense in line together. So I'm not going to say it's going to be like a huge loss, like what we're all expecting. I'm actually really looking forward to it. I think Whitehead, on his own, could really thrive in the position that he's being put in this week. So that's going to be someone to track the most, especially in our linebacker group, number 59 back there. He's going to be running the defense. But I will say I'm really excited for number 50, Nicholas Morrow, to get in there and get some more reps now. That's going to solidify him, and he should be on the field just about every single play, and we're going to see what he's made of. He's not just going to go on there on passing downs like he was kind of in previous years, trying to work his way in there and get a feel. He's going to have a feel for the game. He's going to be in a groove. He's going to be rolling with it. Uh, So Nicholas Morrow, to to hear Whitehead, I think that there's some good upside. Now we're going to see what we're going to do at linebacker from there out. We have guys like Kyle Wilbur. We have Dakota Allen, who just came off the Rams practice squad. He should be getting in the mix a little bit. Um, so we're going to, you know, and even Justin Phillips, who can't, was promoted from our practice squad and hopefully doesn't get thrust in too big of a role. So those two players should be getting some work, but let's hope that they step up, you know, in their first week, little trying to get their, trying to get their chemistry together. I think that's the main thing for these linebackers. But now we talked about one player going, getting suspended. Now we have another player coming off suspension, cornerback Nevin Lawson. Uh, he served a four-game suspension from the beginning of the season. I think it was PEDs, I'm pretty sure. Don't hold me to that. But uh, he served his four games. He's coming back. He's gonna. He's coming on the roster now as Burfick comes off. And I'm not necessarily sure the role that he's going to be thrusted into because I wasn't really impressed with him during the preseason. But we could use a little bit extra corner depth. Him and Keyshawn Nixon will probably be getting worked in there a little bit slowly but surely i'm not really sure what kind of defense we're going to be showing here against the bears or what we're really going to need i don't know how much they really spread out um but i don't really want to see a whole lot of nevin lawson so that's kind of been like i've kind of written him off as like our detroit dj hayden as he came from the lions so interesting to track but nevin lawson back on the roster eddie vanderdose who, right? Who's that? <laughs> if you guys remember, he was our fourth round pick a few years ago. He was waived off injured reserve with an injury settlement. Uh, it's unfortunate because he was a really talented player, but you didn't really, the only time you really saw him play was in preseason. And by the time he got through a few preseason games, he's always getting hurt and couldn't stay healthy. Couldn't really stay healthy through the offseason. We had the same thing happen to him last year. Um, I think he was coming off maybe like an ACL injury, but he couldn't rehab fast enough to come back so they just put him on ir for the rest of the season same thing this year Just little goofy nagging injuries. that just kind of get a hold of them uh, It's really unfortunate eddie vanderdose did have a lot of talent, but that's kind of I guess Maybe some downsides to this you know, type of career or this type of path that these players choose. You, not their, their bodies aren't going to hold up all the same. They're all different. They're all, you know, I guess they all have a different chemical balance in there. And they take hits differently and they just, you know, sometimes get a little bit more unlucky than others. So Eddie Vanderdo's gone and maybe just a little forgotten. So now the last thing I want to hit on here before we get to our special guest uh, is I want to go over the injury report a little bit. And the first surprise was Cleveland Farrell popped up on the injury report with a concussion. Who knows where that even came from? Uh, must have maybe happened towards the end of the game last week. Really unfortunate, so not sure if we're going to have him available in London. As well as Dwayne Harris, who's been coming off that ankle injury. He came in on Wednesday, had a limited practice, but then on Thursday didn't practice. So I'm not sure what his status is going to be for Friday, but it sounds like he went out there Wednesday maybe and re-aggravated that ankle. We had Josh Jacobs, who had just a little bit of a rest day on Wednesday, which, I mean, fully expected. The dude was out there pretty much, I mean, a step away from being the bell cow of the offense last week. He had a limited practice on Wednesday. Practiced in full today on Thursday. Gabe Jackson, we're still on watch for Gabe Jackson. Uh, we were hoping maybe this week. But I think we can just survive through this game. We can get through this London game. And then Gabe Jackson's going to have a full another two weeks to rehab come back after the bye week i think that's the most ideal plan especially for him we're handling the trenches just fine without him for now we can get through it just one more week Um, jj nelson who's been on and off the injury report constantly has been practicing limited all week deandre washington had a little bit of a rest day on wednesday battling a nagging injury that he's been dealing with as well practice full on thursday tyro williams didn't practice both days with a foot i'm gonna guess that that's just precautionary Um, Just really resting it for London, making sure uh, he's going to be ready to go. But I think his Friday status is going to be something to really keep an eye on just to see how he's doing. Uh, Richie Incognito and LaMarcus Joyner both popped up on on the injury report for the first time on Thursday after practicing in full on Wednesday. Richie Incognito dealing with the back, LaMarcus Joyner dealing with the groin, but they were both limited. That's another thing just to keep track of throughout the rest of the week. We will be going over this. If you guys caught our pregame live stream, um, I jump on with Fallon Smith before the game. Right before the game, you get on Twitter, or should I say 30 minutes exactly before the game. Uh, If it's a 10 o'clock game time, we start at 9.30. You get on Twitter, we'll be on Periscope. Me and Fallon Smith will be going down, and we will also review the most updated injury report. um, Talk about the latest matchups, what's going to be going down. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys tune in, follow it at Raider Cody pod on Twitter. Uh, it's really cool to be a part of. So get in there and it's, it's something to really, I guess, interact with us as well. We can see the live comments. So instead of just listening to a podcast and not getting anything back in return or not being able to say anything, whenever you want to yell at me and tell me, no, 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 this is what I think you can do that now on Periscope. So make sure you follow us at Raider Cody pod, jump on there before the game and we'll get going with you. And now, I mean, gosh, crazy busy week. I still set up a guest. I still have a lot of content to get to whenever I'm done. But I'm very excited to get this guy on. We started following each other on Twitter just, you know, not too long ago. But I love his stuff. I love his takes. I love his opinion on things. Um, He's a very self-made man. Um, He's actually a TV personality on the NFL Network. And, I mean, really, from what I've seen, from what I've watched... I've known him on television. Now we've, you know, talked back and forth a little bit on Twitter. Really good dude. Really excited to get talking here before this big game in London. So I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to take this little short break. And when we come back, joining me is going to be NFL Network Analyst Cole Wright. Joining me now, a special guest from the NFL Network, a self made TV personality that will, you know, you'll see growing a little bit more even in the football world. Uh, the one and only Cole Wright. What's going on, man? Hey,
0: Cody, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the time, brother.
2: Yeah, of course, man. Football season's underway. Us Raider fans are in full swing. And I got to be honest, man. I like to bring guests on here. I like to learn a little bit more about them. And I don't really know much about you. I like to research my guests, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna let you tell it. How how'd you get where you're at, man? How'd you get there at the NFL Network?
0: Well, it's kind of been a long winding road, man. You know, it's uh, you know I was a, I'm a former baseball player, and I always wanted to stay close to the game. And you know, I, I played a little bit of minor league ball afterwards, some independent baseball, and uh, you know didn't didn't work out 100%. So you know, I felt I felt like I might as well just put my degree to use. So I had I was a communications major in college, and I decided you know let's start sending some of these tapes out. Yeah. Ended up getting my first first job in uh, San Angelo, Texas. I covered all, all the guys that that, you know, that were in, in the movies as far as, uh, as whatchamacallit, what, what was the name of the, uh, Friday Night Lights. So okay, I, okay. all those teams, covered all those teams. Case Keenum was in high school. Ryan Mallet was in high school. I mean, there were so many guys that I covered when they were in high school in West Texas and East Texas and, you know, bounced around from there, went from from a uh, station in East Texas or from West Texas, rather, to East Texas, okay. and then went to Baton Rouge. From Baton Rouge, I went to Boston, worked at Nesson. That's uh, the Red Sox and Bruins station. And then after okay. that, I went to ESPN and then from ESPN to Fox Sports 1, from Fox Sports 1 to NFL Network, man. That's where I've been for five
2: years now. There we go. That's a good place to land, man. And uh, I got some friends over there, too. How uh, how my buddy uh, David James and uh, old Adam Rank doing over there, man?
0: Oh man, they're doing great. I mean, I feel like it's almost like that's the the locker lineup like David Carrs right there and then Ladanian Tomlinson and then Adam Rank and then me. So, you know, we're I all know. we're all just trying to trying to digest this season as as easily as we can because week 5, I feel like it was you know just the preseason just last week.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And talking about football, man, you mind... uh, I mean, you're on a Raiders podcast. Mind if we talk about the Raiders a little bit? Absolutely. Let's get after it. (laughs) Good stuff, man. Uh, I got got just a few hot topics here for you. First one, I mean, of course, we've kind of had this like little bit of a rocky road, but John Gruden now, he's about a year and a half into his 10-year, $100 million contract. So far... You know, things have been kind of rough or in certain areas, very rough. Do you think that he's kind of just still adapting to the game today or are there still pieces to the puzzle that just simply aren't there yet?
0: I I feel maybe it's a little bit of both. I I mean, I think if you're if you're out of the game for, you know, well over a decade and then you jump back in, there's going to be changes in anything. It doesn't matter what the Mm -hmm. game is, whether it's, you know, broadcasting, coaching, uh, accounting, whatever it may be, there's going to be changes and every every field evolves over the years and i just think that i mean when when you start your season off thinking okay we're going to have you know quite possibly the the best wide receiver in the game on our yeah. team 15 touchdowns a year ago and you kind of you know shape and mold your offense around a guy like antonio brown not saying specifically that's what they did but i think they envisioned 2019 with the services of antonio brown and when you hit ha- when you have to take away from that and then okay kind of start from scratch it makes it just a little bit, it makes it just that much harder. I mean, I, you know, talking with David, you know, as as soon as the an, an Antonio Brown to the Patriots stuff went down, I said, man, that's, that's a tough blow. He said, yeah, but the one, you know, silver lining in that cloud is the fact that, you know, Derek got to you know practice all offseason long and all preseason with Antonio yeah. Brown. And, you know, I, I messaged David and said, man, like, you know, Derek's arm looks unbelievably strong right now. Not to say it hasn't been strong in the past, but it's looked a little bit stronger this season than it has in years past. And he said, Hey, I said, he said that's the one thing, working with Antonio Brown. It'll make your arms stronger. It'll make you better at, at, at getting your routes in. And that's exactly what we saw. And I, I feel like this is going to be an evolution process with John Gruden and the Raiders, all you know, just from front to back.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. And I like how you hit on the, the Derek Carr offseason stuff because we were a little worried. You know, he spent all that time with chemistry, but at the same time, I mean, not everything went to waste because he did get a lot of work in. And uh, coming back, one more thing with your John Gruden stuff. Coming up this weekend. I mean, we got a pretty big game in London against the Bears. What could a win do? I mean, we're two and two. We've kind of had this little mini roller coaster already. We started off hot Monday night football. This team came out fired up, absolutely fired up. Just like you said, Antonio Brown. I think that was kind of a statement game. Like, look, we have had these other 52 plus the extra one that we have. We have 53 men out here that can still win without Antonio Brown. They came out, they did it. Then we seem to kind of just get the win taken out of our sails. Of course, we're playing Kansas City. We're playing. Um, Minnesota, who are two pretty Mm -hmm. good contending teams, at least good defenses. We come back, we beat a banged up Colts. We're a little banged up now too, but going into London, a place that we played bad at the last time, a team that we need to beat and a player that we need to beat, what could a win versus the Bears do for us going forward?
0: I mean, it'll put tons of wind in your sails. I mean, if you take a look at the Chicago Bears, we, we know what they bring to the table defensively. I mean, they're one of the best defensive teams in all the National Football League. And when you have a guy like Khalil Mack, as you know, you know, good mm-hmm. pass rushers are hard to find. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, he, he's one of the best in the game. And I feel if if the Raiders' offense can get going and 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 kind of keep this Bears' defense at arm's length, then that's going to give them tons of confidence. And if they can win this game, and it, all they need to do is just play a, a solid game defensively for 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 the Oakland Raiders. That is because, like I said, the, the Bears' offense. You know, Mitch Trubisky not going to be there. It's going to be Chase Daniel. Not to say that Chase Daniel can't get it done because at one point in his in his career, Chase Daniel has been the man. Not to say mm-hmm. take anything away from Mitch Trubisky, but Mitch Trubisky probably hasn't been the man since high school. Like Chase Daniel yeah. was solid at Missouri. He's been a solid backup, and I think he in 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 a starting situation. You know, he can go out there and he can. Not necessarily win you a game, but he won't lose you a game. So if the Raiders' uh, defense comes to play and they can stifle Chase Daniel and and what the Bears' offense, you know, is is hoping to bring to the table, then I think they'll be in business, man. Because you know, if if Derek Carr goes out there and and does what needs to be done, I mean, we've seen Darren Waller; he's been extremely productive all season. Oh, yeah. But it's oh, yeah. it's just being able to, to to keep that Bears defense guessing. And I feel like if there's any place to do it. It's going to be over there in London because you're not going to be you're not going to have the Bears fans, you know, at Soldier Field that are going to be, you know, barking in your ears. So, you know, it's it's basically it it, it is, you know, it's a road game for everybody, but it's a road game for the Bears. And with without the Bears fans there, it's going to be not to say easy pickings for the Raiders, but it'll be yeah. easier pickings for the silver and black.
2: Agreed with you. Chase Daniels, he's coming off of, uh, I mean, he's what had like a 10 or 11 year career, and I feel like last yeah. week might have been one of the best games of his career, so hopefully it doesn't uh, translate really, hopefully, you know, into this week. I hope he kind of hits a, yeah. uh, reality hits him a little bit with us, I'm I'm really hoping. And I like how you started that off with uh, kind of the famous quote that even John Gruden's kind of uttered a couple times, uh, good pass rushers are hard to find. That is hilarious, because it's just like, they're, it seems like they're hard to find, John Gruden, but they're pretty easy to let go I guess in his opinion but you know hey this this game I mean yeah it has our our season in the hinges but I've kind of been even saying this on Twitter a little bit it's like John Gruden needs to come away with two wins I mean he needs to go out there and he has two players right now that we're looking at of course we still have one more main draft pick out of this trade but we have Khalil Mack on one side and we got Josh Jacobs who we got in return out of this trade if Josh Jacobs can go off and we can contain Khalil Mack and we can win this game. That's, I mean, that's a big win. That's a big, big win for you. I mean, uh, I mean, just just woo.
0: containing Khalil Mack. I mean, we see what he, I mean. He's he's oh, he's, he's just a different version <laughs> of of a guy like Aaron Donald. I mean, those two guys when when they're on the field, you have to pay attention to them. You know, two hundred percent of the time, because as dangerous as they are, they they can win you games. And when you have a guy on the defensive side of the ball who can win you games, if he's not accounted for at, at once, once that clock hits zeros, you, you'll know why you lost that game.
2: Exactly. Now, last question I got for you here, Cole. Uh, The NFL is kind of slowly turning into like an NBA type player mentality, in my opinion. Kind of like you're getting a little bit more player empowerment type, right? And we're seeing the effects right now. And it's, in my opinion, pretty entertaining. There's players, you know, that want out or want away from teams. There's players holding out. They're staying away from the teams and they're creating trade rumors or they're forcing their way out because, you know, they want their money. They want to go to a place where they're happy if they don't feel like they're treated right. But now that's kind of creating. You know, I guess as a Raiders fan, we connect these players that are maybe available to us every single time because we always have the needs. Yeah. We have, we have needs all over the board, right? And everyone mm-hmm. always says, you know, Oakland's going to over, overpay for all these players. They're going to trade whatever they can. And that's been our history. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case now, but through this, you know, holding out and players kind of throwing fits here, we got three names now that are popping up in trade rumors. We got Jalen Ramsey, who you've yep. seen, um, Pretty much pull every excuse out of the book to miss practice last week. Uh, we got yep. Stefan Diggs, who is, I mean, has, I think, an every reason to be upset because he has no production going over there in Minnesota. If they're even throwing the ball, they're pretty much throwing it to Thielen. And you have AJ Green, it. who, I mean, hasn't got much left in the tank for his career and i think he sees the team in cincinnati going on right now and i'm not sure if he's going to want to be around or if cincinnati even thinks like look we're giving this guy a lot of money or we, should we trade him off before his contract's over we got three guys ramsey green and Diggs. who do you think if if the raiders can go after one of these guys in one of these situations what's your opinion what what could they do
0: you know if if you could get I mean, I'm, I'm not 100% familiar with all everyone's contract and, and how, you know, all that shuffling around of, of, of money would go. But if you could get A.J. Green, I feel like a guy, you you think he is on his last leg, but you also have to think, OK, he's had so many quality years in Cincinnati, but he's also been in Cincinnati. Now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I look at a guy like A.J. Green, maybe it would be like the Shady McCoy effect. Like everyone said, oh, Shady McCoy, he's done. He's washed up and you no know, blah. But, you know, no disrespect to Buffalo, but he was in Buffalo and yeah. you put him in a in an offense that you know can really make some noise like the Oakland Raiders if you bring a guy like AJ Green over then maybe that's a new life maybe that change of scenery is exactly what he needs and you know we've like I said we've seen it with Shady I mean he's he's putting up some numbers this year and you know people had him pretty much out back on the scrap heap you know they got rid of him in buffalo because they said he was too old but in the meantime they've got like 57 year old frank gore running the ball (laughs) so you know it's it's all dependent on the situation And i think if you can get a guy like aj green and he still wants to produce and he still wants to win and he feels that this is his best opportunity and his last shot then i think you're going to get a lot of production out of him
2: i agree with that aj green i think is my choice too he's on the final year of his contract he's 31 years old and hey you know what i mean we've had what we're we're over two right now on bringing in star wide receivers like that so third time's a charm right third time's a charm exactly right
0: that'd be nice (laughs) aj green a renaissance year with the silver and black
2: huh yeah there you go see just close out the career the right way uh go ahead and pair himself up with the uh receiving touchdown leader of the league tyro williams and that could be a pretty effective duo out there with darren waller so
0: that sounds nice. I have Tyrell Williams on one of my many fantasy
2: teams. There you go. That's some good stuff right there. Cole, I know you're a busy man. I know you got a game to catch because you got to jump back on the network. But I appreciate you coming on here, man, chopping up some football with me. And maybe, you know, we'll talk again here in the near future.
0: Anytime, man. Thanks for having me.
2: So there it is. We're going to wrap up that big interview with Cole Wright. If you guys liked what you heard, really good dude. Trust me. Follow him on Twitter at Cole NFL uh, he makes frequent appearances on the NFL Network really good dude I definitely suggest that follow on Twitter keep track of what's going on big-time Raider supporter so that's always good to get out there in the big NFL world so yeah thanks again Cole for coming on uh, but we're gonna move forward and we're gonna close out this show just a little bit different this week normally I kind of give like a little Bears preview matchup kind of hard to break this team down you know what we're gonna face we're facing a weak offense with like their backup quarterback who might actually be a little bit better than their starting quarterback so that's kind of a wild card Um, they got David Montgomery a rookie running back coming out of the backfield who's been a little bit underwhelming but you I mean gosh these rookies are just bound to break out anytime you never know what's going to happen but the main thing that we're concerned with is this ferocious like Chicago Bears defense not going to be anything easy not going to be an easy task task for John Gruden and the Raiders so I'm not going to beat around the bush on that. I'm not going to chop up all that stuff. Instead, I shot out a question to Twitter. And if you guys don't follow me at Raider Cody, I don't suggest it because my Twitter's a dumpster fire. So just continue to listen to my podcast. Things are a little bit better on my podcast. So I shot out a little question, questions, topics, anything you guys want me to discuss. So I'm going to just kind of buzz through some of these. Some of the guys that drop some good questions. I'm going to jump through them and see what we can do here. At Trashman Ronnie, what's up Ronnie? He asked, do you think Rudin needs to make a statement in this game or will he play it conservative to wear out the defense? Now, I think he definitely, every game at this point, we've played it conservative enough. We need to go in there to London and we actually need to take some shots. Now, that's the issue. I don't know if there's any wearing down this Bears defense. Uh, The only thing that's going to wear down defenses in this league today are big plays. So I think we need to go at them. Running, I mean, obviously we're going to go in there, we're going to pound the ball, we're going to pound the rock, we're going to do as best as we can to get the ball moving on the ground, because that's where this team has been the most successful. That's how we create air yards in John Gruden's offense. But I think we need to take away a little bit of that conservativeness. Or if we do get out to a lead, you know, we need to just stay on the gas a little bit. Stay on the gas, don't start playing it safe. At Corey M. Sanford, that's Corey underscore M underscore Sanford. How much of a difference do you think the amount of time the Raiders have spent in London this year compared to last year will have an impact on their performance this weekend? Biggest game of the year by far. They win. They're contending for a playoff spot this year. Yes, I agree. Biggest game of the year. We had our little bit of a bounce back against Indianapolis to keep the season afloat. That was a definite, definite must win. This weekend, I'm not going to call it a must win, but if you want to get in the playoffs, the Raiders, I mean, Oakland Raiders, if you guys want to play in the playoffs this is still a must win. I mean, we got to keep this thing rolling. And I mean, dude, this can completely flip all the momentum all the way in our favor. Everybody's going to be back on the ship and i love it. And to answer your first question about um, the time that they spent last year, I think they went up like the day before, which was shocking. We tried to do the same thing, I think in Mexico. Now, I don't know how much of a difference this plays actually in London. Um, I know like air quality changes, but I don't know about elevation. It shouldn't be that much of a difference. Um, so I think the adjustment will be better for them. They'll be a little bit you know more used to their environment. I think last time, what were we dealing with? like, um, I forget what the coaches said, something about the trip. I don't know if it was like jet lag or something that they're dealing with, or they had uh I forget what it was. I think even John Gruden was complaining about it, but I personally don't think that something like that should play a huge difference at least you know, in this case right now in London. I'm not sure that we would've went over there that early had we had a home game ending and not already been in Indianapolis. Um, I think we just decided we were so close. We're gonna shoot over there now. We might have waited another day or two had we been at here, home in Oakland. So, uh, yeah, interesting to track though, and interesting to see if there's any uh any uh, conclusion to that after the game. We'll see what John Gruden has to say. At Raider Bati, and he actually Raider Bati here has a YouTube page. He's been hitting me up about it. Make sure you guys check it out. That's Raider B A T T I. Make sure you check it out. If the Raiders, I mean, win. <laughs> That's good. If the Raiders, I mean, when the Raiders beat the Bears, do you think people will finally take us seriously? Yes, 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 million times yes. If we want to be taken seriously, we got to beat the Bears. Brian Valencia at B, Valencia 2481. Do you think whoever, whoever wins the O line versus D line battle will ultimately decide the game? Yes, this game is totally in the trenches, um, especially for our offense's sake. Now, whenever we get to the defensive side of the ball, no offense, there's not many times our defensive line is going to win the battle. Yeah, we got to get pressure, and yes, that would be great. But right now, I think, you know, for this entire game, it comes down to our offensive line and holding off that crazy Bears defense. We cannot let them take over the game. We cannot, like, let Khalil Mack take over the game. James Kirk at Captain Kirk 1313. Do you honestly see the Raiders trading for any of those stars who want out? For some reason, I don't. And there's a few of you guys that actually asked some questions, even Steven Booth um, asking about Green, Ramsey, or Diggs, or save the pieces for the next year. There's a lot of people asking about the three, and I even asked, as you could tell, Cole Wright. I'm not sure that I see the Raiders making the trade. Realistically, I don't see us doing it. Does that not mean I'm going to stop banging the table for the players? No, because I'm the type of fan that will bang the table for good established players. Whenever I see a first round draft pick, and I see Stefan, Stefan Diggs. I'm thinking in my mind, I'm using that draft pick to draft Stefan Diggs because I don't know who's going to be there or even if we're going to want to target a wide receiver at that point. I get it. The wide receiver class is deep. Now let's pretend we got, you know, we have our two first round picks. Now let's say our first pick isn't until like 15 to 20 range, right? Let's say it's in the middle of the first round. Now, what if the top two receivers that are coming out right now, which is uh, that CeeDee Lamb, and from Oklahoma, and I forget the wide receiver's name that's coming out of Bama right now. Those should be the two top wide receivers gone. What if they're gone in the top 10? Then what? Okay, yeah, wait. there's some other good wide receivers in this class, but what if there's another position that we want to target? What if we want to go after another pass rusher again? What what if there's just something different out there that we want to target? How do you know that their talent's going to be better than Stephon Diggs just because there's a couple wide receivers in this class that you think could be better because you never know what they're going to turn into in the NFL. And the way I see it, I mean, if we're going to trade a first round for Stephon Diggs, I have no problem trading an aggravated Amari Cooper for Stephon Diggs. I have no issue with that. He has five years left on his contract. He's 25 years old. He's frustrated. He's won a playoff game for the Minnesota Vikings. He's been in big games. He's clutch. He can do it. He's a great route runner. He has great hands. Do it. Pull the trigger. Do I think they will? No. I mean, he's got like five years left on his contract. He takes like $15 million cap hits quite a bit for a receiver. That's not like crazy, like elite status, but um, I'm still going to, I mean, I'll still bang the table for him. I I, I have no problem. Uh, Still trying to, I guess, I don't know, promote the fact that I think they should even AJ green totally uh he'll be had at a cheaper price he's at the end of his contract maybe we give them i mean maybe a middle round pick instead of giving up one of those first i know how much you guys cherish those first round picks um and then looking at jalen ramsey i'm not sure what to do with jalen ramsey at this point hey if we pulled off we pulled off there's some been some rumors on twitter of a trifecta and if you guys know what i'm talking about with a trifecta uh yeah good laugh enjoy your laugh the trifecta is a good one Are we better off facing Daniels over Trubisky? Everyone seems to think we are. dunno. That's Coach T at Raider AF. Uh, Okay, Coach T, I'm not really sure either. I mean, Daniels has been in the league for 11 years. He's had a couple good games, and he's being carried by the best defense in the league. Pretty good running back coming out of the backfield. So, I mean, he's got all the pieces around him. Now it's just, you know, I guess for him to put the offense together. Obviously, I think they're going to get the ball a lot. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Where the car haters come from, what they eat. That's Leandro. I'll tell you what, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's what happens when you lose. When you lose, you start calling out players. It's a, it's, it's, the unfortunate, sad truth. Uh, but that's what happens when we lose. So we got to start winning. That's all I know. Let's just win some football games. Everything else will work itself, out, work itself out. What are your thoughts on Cleland? He's getting bad grades, but I think he's playing way better than his PFF score suggests. Plus, he's moving around the line a lot. I agree. Now, the thing is, I think we're evaluating him as a pure pass rusher, which I don't really like Cleveland as a pure pass rusher, and that's what all of his grades are coming off as, as the uh, whatever the percent of winning snaps or pass rush snaps, the percent he wins pass rush snaps. And he was like one of the bottom rookies um, down there with Chase Winovich from Michigan, which was another prospect I liked. But the issue is also we're kind of playing him more in like a three-tech position. He's getting in there on the inside, playing a lot of defensive tackle on passing downs, which isn't going to help him. It's not going to help him. It's really hard to get a good, effective pass rush on the inside, especially when you're as light as Cleveland. I get it. He might have the skills. He might have that ability to do that, but he's just not quite that big yet. Uh, when you have guys like mohurst and PJ Hall, let them get on the inside whenever it's a passing down. So, um, yeah, Cleveland Farrell, am I a little disappointed? Yeah. Um, but don't write him off yet. He's got a lot of work to do, got some weight to put on, and he's a good worker. He's got a good head on his shoulders. And that's a pick I think we all realized. Everyone thought it was a reach, but I think it was more of like a, hey, I think we see this kid's character, and I think the kid's going to work hard. Maybe his floor right now is a little lower than, you know, what we wanted, but his ceiling's up there. So uh, Cleveland Farrell, don't write him off yet. And the final one from Dusty, at Hot Wheels, with two Z's at the end there. Dusty, what's going on, Dusty? It was nice meeting you at the tailgate. Um, Will Gunther use KJ as he did last week, or will he go back to thinking he can be a single deep safety? Yes, uh, he, he actually asked a few questions here and will Waller score a touchdown before we play in Oakland again Yes, Waller will score a touchdown and will KJ go back to what he did before who knows what kind of defense We're gonna come out with this week. We play a lot of base defense put him up in single high Hopefully we played a little bit better than what we did the last time uh, Yeah, Carl Joseph. I mean, I like to see him up there I like to see a skill set up there better than seeing him on a tight end uh, But hopefully he makes some better reads this time. Hopefully he's picking up, you know, the guy going deep Hopefully he's actually playing safety You know, his job, I guess you could say. But I do like seeing that guy coming downhill. And I'm loving the duo right now. Uh, Someone in the comments here, let me see if I can find it. Let's talk about the freeing of Eric Harris. That's my guy CJ right there running one of the Raider Cody Podcast League. CJ, what's going on, man? Um, The freeing of Eric Harris along with the duo right now of Carl Joseph. It's giving me hope. You know, at this point, Carl Joseph could very well be on his way out after this year. It's unfortunate to say because I like him as a player as well. But, I, I mean, if we keep an Eric Harris playing like this, Eric Harris and Jonathan Abram next year seems to look really pretty to me. So, yeah, I like the, I like the, the freeing of Eric Harris. It, w- it was, I guess, a long time in the works. He didn't really see a snap. I don't think he saw one snap week one to play in the majority of the game last week. He's got to keep it up, man. He, he's, he's making big plays. That pick six, if you go back and you watch that pick six on film, he absolutely baited the quarterback. There was a tight end running like a little uh, quick slant to the inside. He dropped a couple steps back towards that tight end to make it look like he was going to follow him to the inside of the play, and he immediately, as soon as that quarterback went to look outside of that wide receiver, he jumped the route. It was a Beautiful play. I mean, you guys love that pick six all the way into the game. Good stuff. The freeing of Eric Harris, CJ is in full force. I'm all here for the former Lay's potato chip guy. And now this episode ended up being a little bit longer than what I expected. Uh, Like I said, there's a lot that went on this week for sure. But the last thing I want to hit on is my guy, OG Todd Monday called in. This call was a little shaky. It dropped a couple times. So I didn't want to play the call because it didn't really sound very good. But OG Todd Monday was calling in, and he wanted to know about all these Raider fans that are still cheering for Khalil Mack. Right? Everyone's still a Khalil Mack fan. And you know what? I still like Khalil Mack. Yeah, that's cool. He's over there in Chicago. I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of Raider fans uh, despise him, and that's okay. That's fine. That's okay. He's not a Raider, so I really don't care. Me personally, I have no problem with him. I still like him as an NFL player, as a player himself, not for who he plays for. But Cheering for Khalil Mack this weekend is just flat out foolish. Now, there's even a topic going around on Twitter about Raiders fans wearing their Khalil Mack jerseys. Now, for me, in my opinion, I don't—I mean, I don't have a Khalil Mack jersey, so I mean, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. But I don't think I could bring myself to wearing a Khalil Mack Raiders jersey this weekend while we play him. I don't think I could do that. Now, that's not to say. I can't speak for everybody that spent money on a Khalil Mack jersey. I'm not gonna tell you guys you can't wear it. I'm not really gonna judge you either. But would I do it? No, I wouldn't. I'd wear, you know, I mean, I have a couple other jerseys. I have my Charles Woodson jersey, and actually, I'll probably be breaking out my Derek Carr jersey for the first time ever. Never worn a Derek Carr jersey. I uh, just got one not too long ago. Got some patches on it, so I'll probably be rocking my DC four jersey uh, because he needs to step up. He needs to get a win in London. So I'll be wearing that lucky four. Uh, we'll be we'll be uh. We'll be supporting the quarterback for sure. But for those wearing the the Khalil Mack jerseys, do I support it? No. Am I judging you? No. It's okay. You guys can rock them. Um, but if anybody's cheering for them, that's where we're going to have an issue. So, yeah, go ahead and wear the 52. But uh, you better hope we shut them down. You better hope you don't hear number 52 called on Sunday. So that wraps up this week's show. Make sure you guys call in your post-game reactions uh sunday right after the game as soon as the game's over call in your reaction that's 808 650-7220 you get played on air with me and kenny king Uh, we take all the calls we don't just select them so uh, if you call in leave a reaction we'll take the call also before the game remember our periscope live streaming me and fallon smith will be getting on at raider cody pod on Twitter, that's that's an actual Periscope live stream. You can download the Periscope app and follow us in the same spot at Raider Pod. It's a little bit better experience. I think it even plays when you close out the app still, the audio in the background. So that's kind of cool. You don't have to just watch it the whole time if you don't want to. You can get involved in the chat. You can drop questions, we'll answer them live. We have our own topics that we go over. We ask you guys questions. Really good stuff. So try and get involved on Periscope. We had a little over a couple thousand viewers last time. We're gonna try and do the same thing this week. It's only gonna get bigger. Last week was our first joint effort. Um, So that's some good stuff going on with the Blue Wire family. And speaking of Blue Wire stuff, we still have some stuff in the works, behind the scenes. Announcements should be coming here soon, maybe in the next week or so. It's going to be some good extra content for you guys. You guys like the show if you've made it this far. You're going to love this extra stuff that's in store and available for you guys. But at this point, the only thing I can ask... Is for a Raiders win, (laughs) maybe for you guys. If you guys haven't already, leave me a rating and a review. Drop that five star rating. Leave me a good review about how much you love my show because I hope you do. I really hope you do. I put a lot of effort into it and I love talking to you guys. I love knowing that you've made it this far in my show because I'm lightheaded most of the time. I have a headache most of the time. And then I still got to sit here and edit, post, and do all the crazy stuff to make this thing happen. So hopefully you guys appreciate it. Leave that rating and review to make me feel appreciated myself. But, like I said, I just want the Raiders to win. That's it. Let's leave London with a dub, and let's see what this thing can turn into. If we can get the win, maybe we can get the wind back in our sails. Maybe we can head into the bye week ready to make some more moves. You never know. Maybe, you know, we beat the Bears. We could be a playoff contender. A lot of people could change their opinion of us. Maybe we go after somebody. You never know. Maybe one of those three players that we keep talking about Maybe something happens. You never know. Things could get crazy here in the next seven days, even in the next few days. So Raider Nation, stay tuned. And next time I talk to you guys, it's going to be after a Raiders dub against the Chicago Bears. See you guys.